Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com. That is our premium service. Check it out, give it a go. You can get all your free wrestling news at FightfulWrestling.com. Had a couple big stories drop today. Just whether it be exclusive or just damn news, some wild stuff happened today. And that's before we even got to Extreme Rules. I am joined by Zombie Jeff. To quote House of Pain, and just like the prodigal son, I've returned. Anyone step into me, you'll get burned. And pretty soon we'll all know what it's like to sing the blues. Alex Palowski, you're yeah, also here. I'm also here. I am I am here. I exist on this space-time continuum. That's about all I can say. All right, we got 12 matches to talk about. Let's let's cut this shit out. Uh, Good Lord, he's up. monologuing. What the hell? No, I'm just saying, that's all I can say is I'm here. I can't say anything else. I don't even know what I feel right now. Thumbs up. Subscribe. Guys, we are on Google Play, Player FM. We are on pl- podcast platforms all over the place. Uh, leave us a nice review on iTunes. That stuff helps. But Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com is where you find it. So earlier this afternoon, while I was enjoying the, well, I don't want to say enjoying the Tolesboro, Kentucky parade, pre-fair parade, I get the news that Hulk Hogan has been reinstated to the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, keep in mind, WWE never made an announcement that he was officially out of the Hall of Fame. They never made an announcement that he was suspended when inquiring about his status for, I don't know, three years, just shy of three years. Things were very, very foggy. Jeff, your your instant analysis of Hulk Hogan, who was backstage in Pittsburgh. He flew into Cleveland yesterday. First off, odd, flying into Cleveland yesterday with Jimmy Hart. Talked to the the uh, wrestlers. I, I heard from a couple of them. They said it was they said it wasn't like a long promo, but cameras were there, as Brian Alvarez reported. What were your thoughts on this? 
staged for a documentary for some sort of redemption project for the WWE Network. That's what I thought of it. I And pers- personally, what I think about, it's too soon. He still hasn't capitulated. Get him the hell out. I think I think not only are they going to bring him back because they have what we like to call FU money, uh, I think they're going to use him as a brand ambassador for the network because their network subscriber average age is a little bit on the older side, so it caters to that nostalgia market. And I think they're going to go a little bit too hard on this and ask talent to be in a sketch with him, and we'll see where it goes from there. And who'd Saudi Arabia want? That's <laughs> very true. And Yoko ain't walking through that door. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening. So I got word from a source who, again, gave me the Brock Lesnar news that Hulk Hogan had came to terms with the deal. Uh, WWE is denying that, at the very least, in uh, comments publicly. But let me just say, guys, you don't bring in your business manager, who was later uh, shilling his booking email address uh, in Jimmy Hart. You don't have cameras filming you, and WWE ain't bringing you in for a high-profile spot like this without a deal in place. They're not going to do something like that so New Japan can offer him some stupid deal for Long Beach. They won't even risk that. They won't risk anything like that. A deal is in place to make this happen, regardless of what WWE says. Uh, Alex, I feel like we are going to get vintage triggered Alex on this podcast, and I'm ready for it. Come on. Bring it. I'm ready for it. Look, (laughs) <laughs> um, it's uh, this guy. I, I mean, like the people who are on on the on who are doing a victory dance on the twitters about how he never should have been spent in the first place and free speech, man. Uh, y'all can go to hell. Ah, uh, yeah. Because because it wasn't just like a thing, like a quick night. Like, like when you espouse that you don't want n words. Dating your daughter, unless they're eight feet tall and play basketball and or make a million. Well, let's just throw in the fact that he visited his son in jail, and the prime concern he had is that one day they would be reincarnated and be black people. Yes, that when was those, his concern. When those are the things that 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 you're saying, it's not like a, oops, my bad. Uh, and no, he was he was sorry he got caught. He was sorry he got caught, and he's not sorry that he said it. And from everything we've heard. It was just a thing that that Hulkster used to just say all the time. So, um, and my th- my, I have a kind of a, a a red line on this where if you cross that line, I get to call you a racist because because you are. Um, uh, and, and just those beliefs being espoused willy nilly, uh, yeah, you're racist. And I don't feel like in this particular cl- the thing is that's the problem. Because in this particular climate that this country is in right now, you either have Papa John not being Papa John anymore, or you have, it's totally fine, we'll bring back Hulk Hogan. There's no middle ground. There's no like, well, we, it's got to be either being ostracized forever, or we welcome you back with open arms, depending on who is in charge of that particular part. I really America. thought with the advent of social media, I... You know, I thought it was almost like 2000 WWF. We'd seen as far as they could take it with racism. And they're, yeah. the racists are going to have to tone it back a little bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, they found a way to make pizza racist. 
<laughs> they found a way to make pizza racist. Well, that particular kind of pizza, anyway. Yes. Let, let so, me throw a little more cold water here on the popularity of Hulk Hogan, supposedly, and, and TMZ. If Hulk Hogan had a coherent thought that resembled a complete sentence, he was on the phone to TMZ to get a yep. camera crew down exactly. there so he could say something. Don't give me this crap like TMZ just happened upon Hulk Hogan walking the streets and, hey, Hulk, got any thoughts? No, this was a coordinated PR campaign to get back in the good graces of WWE. Don't bring Kool-Aid to a vodka party, kids. Y'all got played if you think his popularity is up and all is forgiven. No. One of my favorite threads over the last several months was Ryan Satin's thread of TMZ articles where they would ask just, what does Ja Rule think about Hulk Hogan? <laughs> what does he think of at a time like this? They were, they were trying to get like all these people to push Hogan back into the WWE. Like Ryan kept a running list of stories, and I feel like it was it was getting about eight nine deep at a point to the point to where they started to reuse some of the old people that they had used before. Did Ryan have a roll? You could get a Rolodex of washed up rappers trying to make it in Hollywood to see what they think about. Not only that, did, did they have follow up questions like, "What do you think about the writings of Tolstoy or Dostoevsky?" At, while you're at it, you know, let me know you're well read. I mean, yeah, we're we're gonna get. I mean, it's part of the it's part of the work. You you find African American celebrities to sign up on. Yeah, man, Hogan's cool with me. See, it's okay with them. Ergo, it's okay with society. Hulk Hogan has a few black friends. <laughs> so uh, I got text messages from three people who were in that meeting. My favorite of which was a simple O oh, brother in caps with three rolling eye emojis. So <laughs> there you go. That was that. Was that. Also, uh, Fightful heard from the same source, and I can kind of reveal it. He tweeted it himself, Ticket Drew who uh, works for a ticketing service and has had t- several scoops before, told us that Daniel Bryan has uh, come to terms with WWE on a two-year deal. Now, as I've mentioned, I pre- I'll go preface this. Very rarely, if ever, do I run a story on one source. I felt confident doing that with this Daniel Bryan story as Drew pretty uh, blatantly gave me the Brock Lesnar news last week. So I felt confident with that source. And WWE curiously wasn't getting back to anybody on comments about this also worth noting they didn't issue a press release on the hogan deal either uh to anybody wwe did not respond to my request for comment on this alex if this is true daniel bryan two-year deal uh drew mentioned to me that there was an out clause i don't know the extent of an out clause but there is zero creative control as some weirdly speculated that's not something wwe does no. That's not a thing they offer, and it's not something he asked for. Right. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down for two more years of Daniel Bryan at this level, uh, getting better, getting back into shape. Um, maybe now that they have him for two years, they can get him out of these little, I mean, middle school Don't. feuds and get him into mm-hmm. something that he actually can, like, like I'm not saying, like, have him go against AJ Styles for the title right away. I mean, although maybe, but at least at least put him in the in the ring with the Miz. At least do that because you have a, a ready when waiting thing where you can do that. For God's sake, it was brewing for it was brewing for two damn years. Let's just do it. I want to see that. I don't need to see him 
have a makeshift handicap match with the bludgies. Jeff, your thoughts? I full-on blame Wade Keller for speculating would he be free in time to work the ROH Madison Square Garden show. <laughs> no, look, suck it, dream match people. Suck it, work rate geeks. He ain't going anywhere. Want to know why? Because his wife's career is controlled by the WWE. Yep. <laughs> and he has a family. And you know what? Those two things combined, happy wife, happy life, gets to take it easy doing these middle school type matches as opposed to, you know, killing himself in a bingo hall somewhere. Or maybe, you know, maybe maybe he's happier than we all like to speculate in WWE. You ever thought of that? You ever oh. thought that maybe he likes having health insurance and being able to go to whatever doctor he so chooses? I mean, I get, I understand people's, I understand why people want him to leave. I understand why people would think he's happy or if he'd be out there doing what he loves because it's the artist way. I get it. I get it. But on the same time, we don't know why he resigned. So, Jeff, so here's, here's something I think you could answer. Because he's on a reality show, what does that qualify him for in like, you know, the SAG stuff and all that shit? That reality, is, show is not consi- reality show is not considered acting. And that's wild. No, no, no. And, it, you know, and, you know, you have comedians who are producers who <laughs> went yes. from real TV doing that. No, I think there's an after deal for reality TV performers, but it's under a special provision. They're not. I mean, it's considered documentary type stuff. So they really, you know, you get you get you get your rights to be on TV. But for the most part, the fame is your reward, so to speak. And with the Bellas, we've always known that they've, you know, they quit wrestling for a while to come out to Hollywood to, to try and make their way in commercials and, and film and went crawling back. So let's go ahead and get into this show. WWE Extreme Rules. People want me and Alex to talk about the Jabari Parker thing. Maybe tomorrow night we'll talk about that. Maybe, Maybe Tuesday. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe Tuesday. Tuesday. Wait, Andrade- I have thoughts on – no. I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Andrade Cien almost defeated uh, Sin Cara in about seven minutes on the pre-show. I thought it was a solid match. Normally I'd be like, why are we running this back? But it was a good match. But as I mentioned, this was a show that we didn't have the Usos on. We didn't have re- wrestling – Randy Orton isn't wrestling. Charlotte's out of action. You don't have a Dean Ambrose on the roster. Jason Jordan's not on the roster right now. There are about uh, Bailey, Sasha. I could just run off a list. You could put together a solid card of the people who are injured or just not on this show. Jeff, what did it say to you that they were running this match back a few days later? Uh, a couple things. Number one, they wanted CN Almas on the show. The problem was they pretty much did run the SmackDown match back move for move with the exception yeah. of one twist. And the other thing is they didn't give him a strong win here. Again, they had it be a Zelina Vega distraction, you know, leads to CN Almas getting the win. I mean, why can't you beat Sin Cara here? Please tell me. You have to yeah. earn... That Reebok money, Jeff. Well, you have to earn these types of fights, really, because otherwise you're just seen as a 50-50 guy. And right now he's a 50-50 guy without having actually lost. To me, that he's given that much offense to Sin Cara seems to me that they want to protect Sin Cara for some reason, which, I look, I get the money, and I get that you know kids may like the mask or something. But this is the guy's debut program. Get him in there and get him a win and make him strong because people think he's a star. People yes. think that he's everything that they wanted Alberto Del Rio to be. And if Vince is just looking at him and going, well, he's a little too short to be our star, you know, then then 
I, I was a little frustrated by this, as you can tell. So I am very surprised to see WWE letting Sin Cara do the Volador spiral multiple times. Yes. Considering they do, for those of you wondering, it's essentially that head scissors pile driver, a swinging pile driver, you could call it. He did it on Tuesday and then he did it again. Um, right out of the gate, almost slammed Sin Cara into the barricade. I did like that Sin Cara avoided doing the dumbass Alberto Del Rio finish spot and instead pushed almost off. But Alex, that bump on the apron. That's naughty. No, it's not good. Don't don't do that, almost. You've got a long career ahead of you, hopefully, and that's not going to help. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, listen, you can go back in the podcast. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but right after they called up Almas, I was stupid enough to think they were going to capitalize on his amazing run of matches, uh, becoming the champ and being the champ. That stuff with Gargano, how fire that guy had been. Um, recently i say they're going to capitalize on this and i had it i was like look out he's a dark horse to be in and win the money in the bank match instead two matches between him being called up and him starting this thing with sinkara on back-to-back weeks in may against squash talents so they're, they're they're not doing anything with this guy and it's it's maddening yeah let's get sinkara to stop doing hurricane ranas over the top to the outside too because he's going to get a concussion or something. He's 40-something yeah. years old, and he cracks his head on the ground every single time. <sighs> a frog splash from Sinkara causes Zelina to distract, and then almost wins with knees and a hammerlock DDT. Time to move on to a real feud. Also, time to tell Sam Roberts to stop telling us how cool Tranquilo is, because then it will not be cool. He will bury Tetsuya Naito from across the planet <laughs> if he keeps doing this. And he is... Far less insufferable than Pete Rosenberg. I think that Sam Roberts is way better than Pete Rosenberg. Because Pete Rosenberg thinks he's cool. Yes. Sam Roberts knows he's not. Sam Roberts gets it. And Sam Roberts is a legitimately fantastic interviewer. Like, he's an outstanding interviewer. Roberts has a strong sense of self-awareness and self-deprecation, as seen on the pre-show by by when Nakamura said he looked like a clown. He goes, wait, what do you mean he can't see any of us? He called me a clown. (laughs) I thought that was brilliant. I thought that that, that warmed me up to Sam Roberts 200%. But, yes, please please don't tell us what's cool. Because oh, I love his, I love the work on his radio show. I think it's <laughs> phenomenal. But so often WWE puts these talking heads out there and puts them in a situation where they cannot succeed. Sanity defeated New Day in about eight minutes in a table match. By the way, Sin Cara and Kali or almost went about seven minutes. This was the theme of the show. Essentially, short matches. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I didn't think that this match was too smooth in the early going. Kofi and Xavier did stereo dives to the outside. Dane follows with a suicide dive. That Uranagi backstabber on Killian Dane did not look great at all. It looked really rough. Uh, That double doomsday stomp sure as hell looked nice, though, that Kofi did on two members of Sanity. That was outstanding. Uh, Dane Michinoku drivers Kofi onto Big E. So Kofi and Wolf are on the apron. And then Eric Young elbow drops Kofi through the table at ringside. Sanity wins, but Jeff, did they not go through the table at the same damn time? Well, technically, Kofi went through first. Okay. So there go. Because his back is? or Yes, exactly. That's the logic we're using here. Um, sure. Look, Sanity needed a win. The problem was this, was 
this was sprint, 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 and the win didn't really mean all that much. It was they just kind of caught the New Day in it. Yeah. Look, this is the third match Sandy's had on the main roster, and this is the first time they've won. And they've thought that getting the heat was going to be by doing extreme spots for them. I I just kind of view them as the very definition of guys that are going to get beat a lot, especially Eric Young. Uh, I And look, I, I liked this match for what it was. There was a sp- The problem with this entire pay-per-view is that none of these stipulations really meant all that much in a build of a logical feud that they could have done week by week by week to then get to the point. And and it's a problem with with all the themed pay-per-views for the most part is that they have to kind of, they have the end and then they try and figure out a story to get there and it never quite gets there as opposed to leaving these things out there that when you need a blow-off type of match, you can then insert into it. But again, it's going to be like, well, you know what? It's time for TLC. We got to figure out a reason why to get a ladder and some tables into a match, et cetera, et cetera. Alex, your thoughts on this match? Um, I, I it felt to me like uh, they were like, oh, we have we have these great spots we're going to try and get to. We we have like it's like sixteen, seventeen minutes, and like you have seven. I'm like, okay, we're still going to try and get all those spots in though. I don't um, want to see this match for 17 minutes, honestly. Not well, not a tables match, unless it's an elimination. No, no, no. no. Um, yeah, elimination match. Let, but let, like, the whole thing is that these guys, especially the New Day, keep finding new things. That Kofi double stomp out of the powerbomb thing was nuts. Like, mm-hmm. just, they keep finding new things to do. And I believe that Sanity is a really good partner with them because yeah. if their six-man tag work in NXT was really, really great stuff. Like, they're, they're, what they did in the War Games match, excellent they they had enough stuff to last over a longer match and they were told you have a much shorter time than you think you do and they said we're still going to go try and get all that stuff in which is why it felt kind of rushed and sloppy is what it felt like to me and Um, they can't do too much in this kind of match because they're on the pre-show you don't want to blow out the crowd no that's true for the card although there was a there was a uh usos versus um new day match on the pre-show like yes. last year that yes. was easily one of the best matches of the year oh yeah so the new day says wherever you put us on the card we're gonna try and steal that show because we can you know and i mean i i don't know if i mean it's necessarily good for the for the show as a whole but i gotta respect those guys this right their hustle because they they want it and they're gonna go out and get it yeah and i still hope that sanity makes tables their thing as you mentioned alex dudley boys aren't coming back yep. people are still gonna chant for tables might as well. As we found out later in the night, they'll chant for anything. Yeah, goddamn. Surprise, the B team defeated the leader of worlds to become Raw Tag Team Champions in about eight minutes. Uh, this was not the plan when this feud started. And Bray is still not clear to do a lot of things. As you could see, he did not bump in this match. He took a little spill of the outside. I don't think he's going to be at TV tomorrow either. He's got a, a pretty full week. Of, of personal stuff to handle, but the crowd reacted pretty big to the Bray Wyatt bow face off and then bow tagged out. This really benefited from being early on the show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, I'll talk about the pace right now. I liked the pace of this show, at least up until the very end, because all, all these matches were like seven, eight minutes, one after the other. And while there was no match that I'm like, wow, that was great. I think Reigns Lashley was match of the night personally, but there were some finishes that I was like, nice, interesting. When I think of this match, I won't think of the average match that happened before it. I'll think of Bo Dallas 
hitting the au revoir, or whatever the hell he calls it, and getting the pin. Also, I think Bray Wyatt probably shouldn't be doing headbutts a few weeks after he had a car accident in which he could not remember what happened. Bad move. Bad move. Uh, Curtis Axel essentially cuts a Joe Dirt promo about winning the titles. How do we feel? How did uh, Stretch Armstrong feel when he went to the moon? (laughs) That was cute. Uh, Jeff, B-team as tag team champions. What did you think of the match and where do we go from here? I thought the match was okay. I, I think, man, you know, the, the problem with the WWE and their, their sense of history is they can never mention why people are looking forward to the Bray Wyatt Bo Dallas showdown and why people booed when he tagged in Axel. It, it, it kills me. I, I kind of was hoping for a rotunda chant from this crowd, but I didn't get it. But this also checks off a lot of boxes that could solve a lot of problems should they choose to go this way. It gets Bray Wyatt off TV to handle his health issues. I personally think WWE should probably get out of the Hardy business right now. They're both just in bad shape. They can't do what they what the WWE wants them to do, which is a complete nostalgia act doing playing all the hits right now. It gives the B team a bit of a run, and there's a story to be told here, but there's no use telling it because and, and that story is is goofball team figures out how to win, how to become good, and then starts to become really, really good and continue that streak. But they're not going to tell it because I think they're going to get fed to the authors of pain rather quickly and get the belts on the authors of pain to oh. see what they have there. So overall, you know what? It, it, it checks a lot of boxes. I have no problem with this. I liked the match for what it was with the with the minor quibble of, of uh, the brothers rotunda can't be addressed so it's it's a bit of a problem when you have this match aop should squash b team tomorrow and win the titles they don't need to chase they don't need a journey they are what you chase they are what you overcome even the revival the revival could could do that now the thing hold on on, the thing with matt hardy is matt hardy doesn't have to wrestle not with this gimmick no but it's it looks a lot better than when you put him in front of the the standard WWE photo shoot backdrop and have him go ah let the motherfucker be creative. He's been creative his whole career. He's gotten like four or five different gimmicks over. Let the guy be creative, and then once every couple of months you pay it off mm-hmm. with a compound thing that is heavily edited. He doesn't have to work. He's had he's had to work double duty because yep. Bray hasn't been able to do anything since he came back. It's been. It's been all smoke and mirrors. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, um, a few things. Uh, one, yes, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, give Matt Hardy a faction of of his type of people that he can mold into being part of the Hardy, the wokenness. I think that that if he took if he took the B team under his wing, especially Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas would thrive in that kind of weirdness. Uh, two, um, yes, Bray didn't bump, and because of that, he got to do all of his cool baby face stuff that he did in that one match several years ago where he finger gunned Roman Reigns into Spearings, Sheamus. Like there's a, there's a baby face Bray Wyatt in there that just lays in some stiff clotheslines and does, and just runs smack into people that we like, Oh man, that hot tag baby face Bray is something to behold. And it kind of bums me out that it looks like from Matt, from Matt Hardy's tweet that they might be going back into a one-on-one feud between Matt and Bray. And I'm like, Oh God. I don't want that. I don't want that. Okay. And then I love the idea of, yes, I thought to myself, 
if Bray's still healthy, which apparently he isn't, you got to do a rematch on the Hardy compound. But if that's not going to happen, uh, I love the idea of B-team coming out tomorrow, super overconfident going, we'll face anybody in the back. Just bring them out. We don't care who it is. We'll take them down because we're undefeated. And AOP comes out and beats him in like three three minutes, less than that. You know, I think that would be a really great way of doing it, showing that they're overconfident. Um, because because as you see uh, throughout the night, they they never stopped celebrating. No, not once. That is true. Later on, they have they see Roman Reigns backstage and they say that he can celebrate with them. Hot dog. Kurt Angle is backstage and says that Kurt or the Brock Lesnar will appear on Raw. And decide when he'll defend his title next, or he will be stripped of it. Jeff, hit me. <laughs> hit the pro- me. The problem with the WWE's framing of Lesnar and Bobby Lashley both is that they left the WWE to do far more impressive things in real life as opposed to staying around and being the guy. This whole feud is around, yeah, you went out there to do something tougher and more respectable. How dare you? And we're supposed to heal on them. Uh, I I think Brock comes back, and and I, I think the easy way to do this is to have Braun cash in after maybe a spear from Roman. And then, then oh, look, Deus Ex Machina. We're right back at it, and somebody else can have a title shot. So I broke the news this week that Paul Heyman had uh, had uh, worked as a writer in a couple of segments involving Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. And I was told by someone within WWE that Paul Heyman had done this before with Bra- Goldberg, who was working with Lesnar. And if he did that, it would be a similar circumstance. Take that for what you will. Like I said, given the events of the last week in which I cannot talk about, we'll we'll take that with a grain of salt. Because you have to question business of workers is what I'll say. Alex, anything? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, like, if I never, like, if they, I know they're not going to do it this way. But if they actually strip him of the title. And I never see Brock wrestle in another match in WWE. I'd be kind of fine with that. Like, I've kind of seen peak Brock. I don't need to see him just spamming his German suplexes over and over again all all the time. I mean, the preference would have been that you would have actually capitalized when Braun was red hot and had Braun beat him clean, take the title, become the new top guy. But because pigs have yet to master flight, (laughs) I guess that's never going to happen. So instead, let's just move on and give anybody the title because then you can actually have that title be on the pay-per-views. Oh, Alex, I'm going to push back here. I think Bron, or Brock not being on TV makes the title special. I think he's the most interesting person in WWE, and he brings a sense of dread to every time he's in the match that he might actually legit kill somebody by hurting them. I... I or that he Look, might I, kill the title. He might not show back up with the title ever. I'm, That's I'm, part of the I'm fine with that too. Please put that in storyline and make it real because I think I think Brock is possibly the best pro wrestler in the world right now. He gets it. It's about money. It's about big time fights, and it's about getting the cash. That's what it's about. Love Brock Lesnar. I kind of agree with Alex's thing. If I never see him again, I'd be fine with it. But on the yeah. other hand, I'd be disappointed in it as opposed to, I think, Alex's statement where he's like, yeah, good riddance to bad rubbish. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little pushback on that one, Palowski. 
I mean, it's the the Brock of a few years ago where he was doing his stuff with with Seth, um, in, and his his thing with with Cena. Like that's a, that's years ago at this point. Like now, it's just like he shows up. They said, okay, you're fighting Samoa Joe this month. He's going to get in a lot of good shots on you, put you in the coquina chest. You're going to fly out of it, hit him with one F5, and you're going to go home. He's like, great. That's what I want. And okay. I mean, you know, like that's that's a thing to me. Is like, that's fine. That's what Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar wants. Yeah. But, but, but the champion of your show in storyline shouldn't be that guy because it kind of demeans everyone else who's working with him. I mean, I, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people who work with him don't come out better for having worked with the champ because of oh, the no. Way- oh no, because Brock is a far superior talent and a far superior draw to anybody he's working with for the most part. The problem is all these guys then have to go back and be on week to week television and you have to figure out a way to rebuild them again and they have no idea how to do it. I mean, I I mean, you watch that I mean Brock got something about Goldberg who brings nothing to the table and they yes. scripted that perfectly. I mean, I am, I understand that I want to see Samoa Joe kill some fools. Okay. I am all about that. But the problem is they, they don't know how to build up credible tough guy challengers because they're so busy on who's going to be the guy, the face of this company that they've pretty much let all that go to the wayside while Brock was away. And that's the problem they have here is they've been building up the wrong dude to try and take the belt from him. And nobody wants to see him take the belt from him. Well, they built up the perfect guy to take the belt from him, but they wouldn't let him in Braun. Okay. Okay. There are several. There are several. I mean, Rollins was red hot. Rollins, Rollins, you could have done that with the underdog thing, and it would have worked great. But no, you could. That that's a way to parlay it into something that is on your weekly TV with Roman Reigns as well, because you have a character that people love, and then a character that people kind of want to hate, or at least want to care about, and you play them off of one each one of one another. But I'll ask you all this. Almost a decade running, it seems. WrestleMania's last match has featured a part-timer. Jeff, does that change next year? Oh, um, yes. I think I think they put two full-timers in the main event next year. I think they're kind of tired of playing this game. I think I think they they are too, and they don't need to play that game anymore. Considering and the part-timers that they and the part-timers that they would bring back would not have to be the main event level. They could be second or third from the top. Alex. Uh yeah, unless like they're like, hey, uh, what are you doing, Cena? You wanna do something? That's a good point. That's like, a they, good damn that, point. There's always a Cena card. It's because it's New York, man. Like I feel like they're gonna have to bring out somebody to be like, it's New York, the big Cena, time. You Cena know? Taker. Yuck. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. They, they could do it, though. They could do it. Because you can't oh. put anything past this I, company. I'll tell you what. I'd be rolling around like a pig in shit, just joyful if they did Rollins, Ambrose, Reigns, Triple Threat, Shield. It, especially had they never done it ahead of the brand split right. as the yeah. main event. But yeah. you'd, you'd have to tell a good story behind that because that is such an easy story to tell. So many, Every one of these guys has a reason to hate the other one but still yeah. respect each other and play off of the emotion that comes from it. Holy shit, we have to get into talking about this show. Bludgeon Brothers attack Team Hell No backstage. We'll talk more about that later. Finn Balor defeated Constable Corbin in about eight minutes. Uh, I will say this about Baron Corbin. All of his offense looks good. 
When mm-hmm. he does something, if he does a clothesline or a deep six or the end of days or slams somebody, he does it and he wants to make it look really, really good. This is very much a 2016 Finn Balor performance, which is heavy on the kicks and selling, but I thought it, it thought it worked out fine for him. It was a decent, solid, fast-paced match. Balor wins with a small package. Alex, this do anything for you? I mean, it's, it's this is the um, this the thing is this they, they kept Baron strong by having him lose to the small package uh, as a nice counter at the end of days. You're right. I, I'm I'm a bigger Baron Corbin fan than most because I, I agree with you. All of his offense looks crisp. I love his his short right hand with some guys trying to jump over the ropes at him. I think that looks always looks great. His boss man thing around around the uh, around the ring post. I think he uses it too often. Um, so often that when the announce team watches them do it and goes, oh my God, what was that? And you're like, okay, we saw that on Raw. Like we saw it. I know you saw it because you had the same reaction to it six days ago. So that's a problem is like, some of this stuff is legitimately pretty cool. Uh, so maybe if you could figure out a way of like layering in some regular stuff, then those things seem even cooler. Like the deep six is great. It should finish guys 25% of the time he uses it. Because there's a lot of things like that. But, um, but yeah, uh, Balor, fine. Okay, great. As long as they use this to further Baron Corbin's role as pseudo-authority figure by having him punish Balor tomorrow, like, let's keep that storyline going because I like this version of Baron Corbin much more than Biker Guy. Tip, typical big guy versus small guy WWE match. Big guy gets 80% of the offense. Small guy slips out a win. Mm-hmm. What, what more can you say? And it, I don't know if it's going to help Balor at all. And yeah. I think, and then Corbin can lose because he's the authority, and exactly. he'll just come back and assert his his power. So you know, uh, it was quick, it stayed in there, but didn't help the guy you needed to help, in my opinion. But then again, that's their way. So whatever. So Carmella defeated Oscar to return retain her championship in about five minutes. Ellsworth was above the ring in a shark cage. Asuka strikes Carmella hard, and Carmella bumps early a lot, in the wrong way a lot, the opposite direction a lot, especially for five minutes. This wasn't good, and that cage was so low. Mark Jindrak, from a standing position, could have jumped into it, maybe (laughs) over it. Ellsworth smuggled in all kinds of shit. He probably had, like, a pack of Nilla wafers somewhere in his coat as well. Like, he had everything. Carmella gets to the ropes on an Oscar lot or out of an Oscar lot. She gets suplexed outside the ring. That was a nasty little spot. Ellsworth gets out of the cage, but is stuck dangling upside down. And what I thought was honestly kind of a dangerous spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was a little bit scared. I didn't want Ellsworth to fall and break his neck, but Oscar gets rammed in the cage and pinned. Oscar beats up Ellsworth afterwards, applies the Oscar lock, but it made Oscar look really, really stupid. And it made, Carmella looked like a really good strategist, which is clearly more important to them right now. They are putting their eggs in the Carmella basket as opposed to the Oscar basket, at least for right now. Jeff, this wasn't much of a match, but uh, what did you think of how it went down? Welcome, Oscar, to having stupid baby face syndrome. Um, James Ellsworth is an American hero. I loved him and his dumbass antics in this match. Him getting his comeuppance was great. But at the same time, Asuka has not won a major match since she won the Royal Rumble. Okay. 
I thought that I, th- I literally thought they're going to put the belt on Oscar to then build up for a Charlotte rematch at SummerSlam possibly, because I thought that SummerSlam was going to be a big time type of super card, but you know, that was my deal. They like, but they like putting fresh blood in there and Carmella, you know what Carmella limited as a performer, but she's a great personality. I understand. I understand their motives here. I just, I just think Asuka, I mean, what's Io Shirai thinking right now watching this? Um, <laughs> I think Asuka, better, Royal Rumble. I, yeah. Asuka of all your baby faces shouldn't be stupid like Becky Lynch was. Yeah. Or Bailey, Or every other baby face that gets tricked all the damn time. What? I, I just don't understand this in their trope segments. But you know what? You knew that this was in their bag of tricks, so I can't be that mad at it. Yeah, not a lot to this one. Uh, Alex? Yeah. Um, Carmella, um, she she takes the same space that Alexa Bliss does. I mean, they're different characters, but they fill the same role on each show. So basically, you're also running the same program with them. They're up against... Uh, People that in in Alexa's case, someone much larger than her. In in Carmella's case, someone much 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 better in the ring than she is. And they find ways to like, oh, they're tricky. They got out of it again. Oh, what are you gonna do? Um, and the fact that they're actually running the same program at the same time, and now that the pay per views are dual branded, they're doing it within the same basic hour. It makes it yeah. very obvious that you guys. That you can't figure out. I mean, at least do them like staggered. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Do this program now on Raw, and then later you can do the same program on SmackDown, but like six months from now. We'll forget about it, but not at the same time. It's kind of like, it's, it's like Law and Order recycle scripts and just mark out the characters for the respective yeah. show. And go, Here yeah, you yeah. go. Do yeah. this one. Next up, Shinsuke Nakamura squashed Jeff Hardy to become the United States champion in six seconds. I was really hoping Nakamura t- took this one because Jeff looks like he's in pain all the time. Right before the match gets started, you know what happens. Shinsuke cock Nakamura hits Jeff Hardy. Right in the penis! <laughs> Don't you see the writhing on the balls, Jeff? I'm hoping that this feud just becomes about who can hit Jeff Hardy harder in the penis week after week after week. I'm I'm so here for that. 
Uh, look, I uh, I'll, uh, we'll God, get wasn't there that. a South Park episode where that happened? Rochambeau, yeah, yeah they, Rochambeau, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I thought there was maybe a different one where it kept happening, but <laughs> I I just I find look, Randy's going to get cheered here, and that that's the problem is, is you're going to have two heels in the same feud with Jeff Hardy, so Jeff Hardy eventually probably has to win. Which I'd is, take uh, Jeff Hardy off the road if I'm them, especially with him oh, saying. Yeah. I'm so hurt I can't do the swans on. And yeah. have you seen that sad splash? He he did a falling splash. Yeah. On smash on television. He had the balls, not anymore, <laughs> had the balls to do a falling, leaning splash. Yeah. So is this so is this heel Orton, or do you think this is still stone cold Randy Orton? No, I don't know. Oh, the That's, rules. Well, he comes out, Randy Orton comes out. A PW Insider had reported that he was backstage. He was no longer backstage after that Kinshasa and Nakamura winning. But uh, some in WWE that I talked to thought he was going to be out all summer and were a little bit surprised that he was – or not a little bit surprised. They were very surprised because uh, he could have stayed out all summer if if he wanted to. Randy Orton stomps on Hardy's balls. Uh, Alex? Yeah, a couple of things to start off with. Uh, when this thing was over so quickly, I was like – uh, Jeff Hardy's like, man, I was in the makeup chair for two hours for this. <laughs> uh, and then I thought to myself, like, because is the point, is that I, at least Shinsai Nakamura, from feud to feud, his character remains consistent. And that's all we ask is consistency. He, he, he punches people in the balls versus AJ Styles. He does it versus Jeff Hardy. At this point, though, he has mastered it so much that he does it in the two and a half seconds when the ref isn't looking and then immediately capitalizes it on it with his finisher for the win. He has reached can see the matrix levels of punching people in the penis. It's, it's fantastic. Um, when, when Randy Orton showed up and the crowd cheered for him and it looked like he was coming to like challenge evil Shinsuke Nakamura, I was like, please don't bring back Randy as a baby face. And then they were like, oh, no, he's just going to stomp on Jeff's balls. He's going to he's gonna kick, basically, kick him, in, kick him in the balls while he's down after being punched in the balls. Um, that's a heel move in my book. Uh, and I'm hoping we'll figure out a way of, of having Randy not be involved with Shinsuke Nakamura because I don't know what that is. But um, I'm, I'm happy for Randy to be back if he's, if he's bad Randy and not – I'm very cool, but I'm good, kind of. Randy, yeah. I don't like that guy. That yeah. shit don't work. That shit don't work. Steel cage match. Kevin Owens defeated Braun Strowman, technically, in eight minutes. Owens manages to knock Strowman into a corner and hit a cannonball, then a frog splash for two. Then he gets the shit kicked out of him. Just eats the clubbering. Crowd keeps chanting one more time as Strowman throws Owens into the cage. Then Owens hits a stone-cold stunner. <laughs> and tries to get out of the cage as Strowman is shackled to the ropes. <laughs> uh, Strowman had pulled the cage door into Owens prior, and then after Strowman is shackled, <laughs> Owens tells Strowman to suck it and starts climbing the cage. Apparently, Strowman wasn't upset before, but when Kevin Owens told him to suck it, he got very angry and broke the shackle. Braun Strowman's big into intellectual property disputes. Don't you dare take somebody else's move. Well, in that case, I'm fucked. Anyway, <laughs> Strowman breaks off to a big pop, choke slams Owens through the announcer's table. Not a shocker, WWE Production Live 
completely missed it again, again. Now, I'm, I, I, I literally quote tweeted Stephanie McMahon. Constructive criticism. If next year maybe you want to get some Emmy recognition, which ain't going to fucking happen, maybe treat your show like the viewer matters. This was embarrassing. If I'm Kevin Owens, I find the production and I say, what the fuck was up with that? I just fell 20 feet. Maybe catch it next time from one of the angles. Because one of the angles completely missed it. The other one got Michael Cole's head. Not a lot you can do about that. The other one had such an extreme freaking zoom. Jesus. Exactly. (laughs) If I'm Owens, I'm pissed. But this was an outstanding spot, Jeff. This is my victory lap. I predicted that this was going to be the end of this match on uh, this week's Shake Them Ropes, that, that it was going to be Braun throwing Kevin Owens off the top of a cage through something. This is how they see Kevin Owens now. He's the new Mick Foley. Go fall off of something tall, fat boy, and, and do it for my amusement. <laughs> you know, he's now done it off of Hell in the Cell, off of a big ladder, off of, off of a cage. Fatty, did he watch a Chris Farley tape or something? I mean, it's... I love Kevin Owens. I and you know what? This is what they see him as. He's a disposable guy who will fall through things from great heights. Uh, but I liked the match. I did. And it look, it's a way where Braun Strowman can lose without actually really losing, and he still gets to say, "Get these hands," and the crowd cheers for him. Big feats of strength. Had no problem with the match itself. Had pro- same problems you did with the production work. Alex? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really loved. Um... You say you say fight Owens fight, fight me. I like that a lot because that's mm-hmm. that's a thing that like that that Kevin Owens does like his character talks the big game through what he wants to portray. But they're asking to be this coward. That's the that's the character they're asking to portray. But the real guy is fight Owens fight. We we know that's who that guy is because we know who that's who he is. So I love the idea of like Braun trying to wake him up. Like all Braun has ever wanted is competition. Like, this is a guy, I w- it would be so cool if you figured out at some point that Braun has been harassing Kevin because he thinks Kevin might be able to beat him and he wants to know if Kevin actually nutted up and fought him, could Kevin beat him? That would be a cool way of, of giving of giving that some depth to this. They're never going to do that. I don't think Braun's um, that introspective, homeboy. But but um, but Braun um, breaking out of the, cu- the cuffs, leaping up the cage, throwing him off onto the table. That's fine. That's great. I love his tweet afterwards. Wait, you mean I lost that match? You could have fooled me. Um, that's- he should care. The thing is, he should care. He absolutely should. Um, it should matter. You've, 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 you've had him play around with Kevin Owens doing this stuff for a while since Money in the Bank, since he won Money in the Bank, and he's got a damn contract. If Brock Lesnar does show up tomorrow, let's like, just cash in on him right there. Like, you're here. I got this briefcase. Get a ref. Let's do this. I don't understand why they're they giving him this 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 monster this briefcase that allows him to beat up the champion whenever he wants and he's not beating up the champion. Ah. <laughs> tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, do it. do it, do it tomorrow. Yeah, get it done. You want to create some buzz? Do it tomorrow. Yeah. The thing is, Rock's there. Yeah. He's 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 making his decision. Tough shit, homeboy. Here's your decision. <laughs> I'm making a decision for you because this contract that they gave me 
allows me to do this. Decisions? Like, I've, I've, I'm sad you all didn't bring that one up. You know what? I have been very pleasantly surprised that largely, largely. that hasn't happened lately. Yep. That hasn't happened a ton lately. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bludgeon Brothers defeated Team Hell No in about eight minutes. Daniel Bryan is a house of fire, fights both guys. He's out there solo at first. A super Frankensteiner hit and a yes lock is applied, but it gets broken up. Rowan is pretty aggressive in yanking Daniel Bryan out and throwing him into those stairs. I loved Daniel Bryan's comeback spot where he did the backflip over and on the way from ducking a clothesline from Harper, he does. He goes for a suicide dive on Rowan. Rowan catches him. Harper goes for a suicide dive of his own, but hits Rowan. And then Kane's music comes out. He had a boot on. God damn it, I wanted to see a big boot with the big boot. I wanted to see the bigger boot. Mm-hmm. The biggest boot. If it were in Saudi Arabia, they would have called it the biggest <laughs> boot. <laughs> And the titles wouldn't have changed hands either. That's true. But he doesn't. Am I correct in remembering it was a doomsday device finish? What, what was off? Was that to finish it? It's like a clo- yeah. It was like a weird leaning clothesline thing. It's leaning. Weird. Yeah. It was, it, was kind of like you know into it. It looked vicious, but it wasn't That's the same kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do, yeah. Uh, WDB says afterwards that Kane has a broken ankle. He had been walking around with the boot all week. Alex, what'd you think? Um, no, no miss tonight. He was in Washington yep. for the celebrity softball game. I was hoping he would Deion Sanders it and show up <laughs> on a plane or like fly in yeah. and be Daniel Bryan's partner wearing the same outfit and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, this was interesting. Uh, the, the Kane thing. I mean, if, if you were only going to do this reunion for like two weeks and give them a, t- a title shot, they weren't going to win. Doing the reunion kind of seems pointless. I mean, it's nostalgia pop, yay. But if really they're like, okay, Kane, go be mayor. Um, Glenn, go be mayor now. Um, and that's it. Okay. Now what? <laughs> this is great. It's great if it means, now what means Daniel Bryan goes on to be the Miz, to face the Miz. But if it was just this, again, there's a lot of things that feel kind of, pointless about wwe right now and that this would be just adding to that i'm actually i'm actually happy they didn't switch the titles because i thought they might just for the nostalgia i am the tag team champions especially when he's out there solo uh the story they wanted to tell was daniel bryan valiantly tries to fight two giant men and fail and and fall short the the story they actually told was daniel bryan was was beating these two men and like a dumbass turned his back to check on his hurt friend and missed a tag and got beat <laughs> um so again stupid baby face syndrome don't care about your friends care about the match be a professional uh, we've all learned our lesson here wwe thank you everybody should be alpha and not uh and not be uh nostalgic or sentimental in any ways Bobby Lashley defeated okay. Roman Reigns in about 15 minutes. I thought this was the match of the night, fellas. This was a hoss battle, an ass-kicking battle. Crowd not very into it at first, but Lashley hit a flying axe handle, and Roman tossed Lashley over from a fireman's carry position, and Lashley bounced off the floor, Jeff. <sighs> Man, that thing looked rough. I have nothing but... And remember, Lashley, while in shape and jacked, 
is in his 40s. So yes. that does not bounce back as well as as one should. I think, look, people are going to complain about the crowd, and we'll get into that during the Iron Man match. Didn't have a problem with it. I had more of a problem with, with the commentary trying to explain away where Bobby Lashley's been and why it was a bad thing. But uh, liked the match. Got a nice surprising ending to it. I think it's a more interesting choice, to be honest with you, for right now, until we see what they do on Monday. They slammed each other. There was some hossing going around. And the shocker of the night, Roman Reigns kicked out of the goddamn vertical suplex finish. I know. How does he do it, Alex? I I don't know. I mean, to hear Michael Cole call it, I mean, the vertical suplex. I mean, that's uh, no one's ever used that before. Ever. It's the verti- it's, it's, it's You guys, you know, you have to understand. It's, it's like a suplex, but vertical. So, like, I mean, that's that's different than horizontal. Alex, I mean, it gave a grown man vertigo, though. That's it's true. It's, it's and different. now he's on the shelf <laughs> all <laughs> year. All year. It, his vertigo was so bad, he tore both rotator cuffs. They should call it the vertigo suplex. They should. How do they not do that? See, I mean, the thing is, it, it's unfortunate that Goldust already does that spinning suplex. Yeah. Because that, that would... That would make sense as the vertigo suplex. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if, if Goldberg would give it up, but a jackhammer would look pretty cool out of that thing. You know, that, that yeah. that's it would look a lot better than just dropping onto your back. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So Reigns gets a Superman punch, but it's only good for two. Lashley belly to belly's Reigns over an announce table. Lashley works his way back up to the top rope, gets Superman punched, but comes back with a spear and wins. He just said, my bike punk, essentially, with the spear, right? I mean, that's his now, Jeff. I mean, he takes that shit. He just just walked into the cafeteria and cracked Reigns over the head with a tray. I'll I'll drink your milkshake. I'll drink it up. You're goddamn right. (laughs) That's what he did. He Daniel Plainview his ass. That's what he did. I want to see him him with a bowling pin next. No, uh, yeah, I I was surprised, but I think, you know what, with the MMA backgrounds, it's a more interesting choice. But look, I I tend to think they're going to deus ex machina this tomorrow, and it's going to be Roman and Bobby for the title at SummerSlam, maybe, or maybe involving Braun in a three-way somehow. I don't know. I just know we're probably not going to get what we want, so I'm holding off, but I liked I liked the shock value of it. Alex? Yeah, when we were doing our predictions, I was, I was saying Roman's definitely winning this match, but there are so many better stories you can tell if, if, if Bobby wins. So I'm happy that Bobby won. Because there are more stories you can tell. Roman thinking, basically being so sure of himself, this is my yard, you're not better than me, I can be anybody I want, and then and then beat it and getting, getting beat. Clean, one, two, three, by another guy hitting his move on him to counter that move. Like Roman was going for the spear and got speared. That, that should be a, a form of psychological something that could actually cause him to pause. Will it? Probably not. But those the options are there for them to use. I only care that there are options there at this point. For, I'll, I'll tomorrow when they fail to capitalize on them, then I'll rant about that. But for now, I, I like where this is headed. Um, well, especially, the, the, especially, especially because um, if we end up getting Bobby versus Brock, at least that's something I haven't seen a hundred times. 
Yeah, the story they were telling though was, was that Bobby doesn't respect Roman, and and everybody I think was way ahead of this, thinking, okay, the story's going to be Roman beats Bobby, and Bobby says I respect you, and then they move on to Roman part right. twenty five. Right, and and it's weird that they now scripted it this way and then had Bobby win. So now we're all just like, oh wait a second, they've taken every trope that they usually use and and twisted it. Okay, now we're interested. I just think they've ex- exhausted all their options for Roman Reigns in the role that he's in now. And they've done it without, it's been four years and he still hasn't been like really coordinated is the thing and had the run, but he's still a young dude. He's they got another 10, 15 years of Roman Reigns probably. A bar I think he's going to some... get another chance. What do you think? Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. Why not? And I don't like Roman Reigns as a performer. I love this match. I thought it was the best of the night. Mm. Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss defeated Nia Jackson seven and a half minutes. It felt like four. Rousey shown ringside with Travis Brown, her husband. Nia bulldozes Alexa. Press slams her in a trash can. Mickey gets involved, then Natty. Rousey jumps the barricade and attacks Mickey. And boy, she slung Mickey around to the point to where, okay, so it was about to be a botch because they weren't on the same page. And Ronda's like, well, no, fuck that. I'm just going to keep swinging you. And it it didn't look good, but it, it, it was, man, it's really confusing. Rousey goes after Alexa, but Mickey hits Ronda with a kendo stick. Jax gets DDT'd on a chair and pinned. Rousey mean mugs on the out shot. Her suspension is technically up this Wednesday. This was nothing. It got rid of the mandatory rematch that WWE is just so fixated on that they need to get rid of. Alex. Um, uh, this was this was fairly stupid. Um, but uh, I, I did love um, Ronda Rousey. Just it feels like she, she she slams a shot of adrenaline in her heart before she goes out yes. there sometimes. Because like... Number one, Mickey comes out, and I love the way you described her, uh, Jeff, in your tweet, as like <laughs> hot mom, fresh off a divorce, looking to party. Like, yeah, that's pretty much her. The pleather skirt and and the and the thigh high, like the uh, over the calf boots with the stiletto heels that were way too tall. Like the thing was that I, I thought to myself, Rhonda's going to either break Mickey's ankle accidentally because Mickey's going to turn it in those ridiculous boots. Or she she threw her so hard, she was trying to slide her into the ring, but mistimed it and just drove her guts first into the apron. And it was like, oh, that, that did feel, feel good. Just, it was one of those things where there's times where Rhonda, and this is both to her credit and her detriment, is like she needs to take it down several hundred notches or she's going to murder somebody. You know, like, it's just certain points where I'm like, she's so exciting to watch. At the same time, there's a part of my brain that's going, oh, oh, God. Oh, she's, she's, that's, that, that can't be how that was supposed to happen. Um, But it was fun. Yeah. Jeff? In the year of our Yano 2018. Oh, God damn it. Mickey James is the MVP of the WWE Women's Division. She's, she, she gets slammed around. She takes all sorts of crazy ass bumps to get these women over. And she really gets the credit she deserves within the canon of WWE women's title history because that always goes to Trisha and Lita from her generation. She is absolutely fantastic. I thought she was fantastic here. The logical problem with this match, it was four women that nobody cared about and everybody was looking at Ronda to see what she'd do. 
they were way ahead of everybody on this match because they already dismissed the fact that Nia was going to lose as opposed to keeping Ronda just in her place and having her watch and then maybe doing a stare down after the match. Um, liked the match for what it was. It over delivered in many ways. It under delivered in some ways, but uh, I, I respect the hell out of uh, Alexa for taking that trash can bump. That was a f- hell of a thing for a woman of her size to do. Um, but it was okay. But Mickey, Mickey is the MVP of this match, in my opinion. Fair. Fair. Guys, Fightful Select. We have a new show weekly. Mr. Warren Hayes reviews NXT and 205 Live. I used to cover those primarily on the Weekender podcast where I cover non-WWE stuff. I will still cover the highlights. But now you have Mr. Warren Hayes giving you a full show talking NXT and 205 Live. Check out FightfulSelect.com. See what you can get from... Uh, from our nice little subscription service, our add-on service, essentially. He's also doing weekly G1 wrap-up podcasts over there. Check it out. Up next, AJ Styles defeated Rusev, retains the WWE Championship. Styles taking a back body drop is always horrifying and beautiful at the same time. Big Rusev Day chance, and Styles can't apply a craft crusher because Rusev calf is too big. He used several of his escapes, Alex, that you mentioned. Yes. He had four. How many did he use? Did he use I, four? I, I only saw two. He um, still got two. He still got two that he he wasn't able to nail. Yeah. He needs to come out with a list like Jericho's, <laughs> but it's just on a post-it note. Yeah. Rusev tries to go for a suicide dive. I bet he does. <laughs> he got caught. There was no way he was hitting that. Rusev briefly applies the accolade. Styles transitions into a calf crusher. A Machka kick, and they sold me a ticket on this. I thought it was a pin. And then another dangerously close near fall on a pop-up kick. But Rusev's leg is too hurt to apply the accolade. Aiden English removes the top turnbuckle cover, and Rusev ends up running into it. He kicks out of a springboard 450 and gets some chance, but Styles wins with a phenomenal forearm. Jeff, what do you think of the match, and have we seen the end of Rusev Day? I think we have. I loved the match. Absolutely loved the match. I hated the end. I think Rusev could have lost and 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 really got... Look, I know they don't want to make him a babyface per se, but they've babyfaced him so much to the point where let's him have the applause of the crowd after being valiantly defeated. I, I just I, I think this is just going to lead to nothing but a nothing feud with Aiden English, where Rusev ends up just killing him about three times too many. But overall, the match was great. Alexander, uh, my this is my match of the night. Um, I mm-hmm. because a lot of it is, was because I, I went in knowing there's no way they're going to let Rusev win this, and yes, that Machka kick also had me sold. Um, so that was a way of, of, of bringing me around. Like, listen, I, I root for this guy because even when, even when he was, uh, you know, Rusev crush, uh, guy, um, you could tell there was, there was a soul inside that was really fun and sweet and a cool dude. And that, that makes me, uh, me, that makes me root for a guy, even if he's, his portrayal is supposed to be like this, you know, crush and Russian. Um, but, uh, so it, now as he got over himself over from nothing, basically to this, this thing where they, they chant Rusev day in matches, he's not even in like, this is a kind of a thing I, I was rooting for that guy. 
And I was watching it going, you know what? This is These are the kind of matches Rusev could have been having for these past few years, and he wasn't allowed to. Like, the fact that he had such a great showing in this match makes me hope they're not going to break up Rusev Day immediately, and that even though this might be his only shot at AJ Styles' title, if somebody else takes it, like maybe if Samoa Joe takes it and is the heel champ, maybe a babyface Rusev faces Samoa Joe. Like, there's a lot of things you can do with this guy. He's... He's he's pretty versatile and um he's he got himself over off. after being in like main event really, and shit yeah, for a long time. He really time. did. He really did. Your main event, a 30-minute Ironman match. Dolph Ziggler defeated Seth Rollins to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Ziggler wearing Evil Knievel inspired gear. Rollins gets a La Magistral in about five minutes to get the win. Did that bother you all as much as it did me, considering the back and forth that they've had for weeks? But all of a sudden, because it's an Iron Man match, they're able to sneak in the four-minute pin. I hate that about Iron Man matches. Like Wait, two no... out of three falls matches, too. Yeah, two out of three falls matches, I feel like it's um, it happens less often than I, that I notice it. But in Iron Man matches, the first fall is always a whoops. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I don't want a whoops fall in an Iron Man match. Like, you should have to earn it. Rapid fire makes sense after the first solid pin because yeah. then people are wore, wore down. Uh, Zig or Rollins rather goes up two and zero after a big super kick. Then McIntyre jumps in, beats a living shit out of Rollins, which gets Ziggler DQ'd. Ro- McIntyre is ejected, gets the Claymore on his way out, and uh, this ends up getting Ziggler back even. Essentially, it earns him. Three falls, and something we'd speculated, you know, whether it be a chair or McIntyre or whoever it may be, this was a way to even the odds. Did you see it as cheap and predictable, Jeff, or make sense of, over the course of this match? I actually bit on the the concept that they may have just kept on beating on him for the full thirty minutes, and the referee would just keep dequeuing him. <laughs> where the final score would be like zero to 30 because because there were at least two more times where uh, McIntyre attacked him where he should have been DQ'd. Been DQ'd yeah. Especially if you're not going with the, okay, yeah, they got to make a backup to their feet like they do sometimes with these. And they and, didn't and tonight. They, you know, and then they just say, hey, look, let's start this whole thing over again because, you know, and if, 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 if Seth agrees to it and then we'll start over from scratch and then they'd work to one fall that would be uh, important to me. I, I was not a fan of the pacing of this match. I understand that the, the fall thing, I understood the story. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay, but I think these two, especially Dolph in this rehab state needed a really strong showing here to, to lead to one fall. Um, and of course, the tie gimmick at the end—I didn't care for that much. I thought that I actually thought this crowd was going to crap on it. Um, the one thing that really, really angered me was Cole at the end saying, "Well, if he runs away and they both get counted out, then it's a double count out." But Seth is right there; he could just roll yeah. in the ring, let him count out Dolph, and he wins the title because he wins by another fall. The thing that, that bothered me is that they spend every friggin' week reminding us that one of their wrestlers is a heart. And then they want us to conveniently forget the precedent that the most famous heart set in one of his most famous matches in that there's an overtime period if it's a tie. Mm-hmm. 
Jesus Christ, man. Also good to know that Bailey's uh Bailey's elite again after they name dropped her winning an Iron Man match. Let's talk about this fucking crowd, guys. <laughs> Counting down every single time. And it got to the point to where they took the clock off the screen and they had to put it up for time cues for the guys. <laughs> and they counted down from 10 every time. It was obnoxious as fuck. And then when they took the clock off, the crowd booed. That's all they cared about. And they would just, about three times every minute, just do their own countdown. So WWE was like, I assume this isn't like something I was told. I figured they were just like, might as well do one real one every minute instead. Alex, were you as pissed off by this as I was? I was very annoyed. Yeah, no, it was really, it was, it was supremely annoying. Um, and the fact that everyone seemed to get more and more um, uh, pleased with themselves every time the next minute would come by and they do it again uh, only made it even more insufferable. Uh, I've seen some stuff uh, on the Twitters about like, yeah, but but the match was was crap in their minds. So there's been really poor storytelling, and they've been sitting there for five hours and whatever. So like, this is their way of you know saying they don't appreciate it. Like, well, okay, fine, but you're kind of shitting on the guys in the in the in the in the ring. Um, now here's the thing. Also, you, you, these these fans would have rather seen Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. Close out the be the main event for the umpteenth Roman being the umpteenth main event in a row. I think that might have went over better, honestly, considering I mean, the winner. Like, considering how how I mean, yeah, it's possible because considering the winner, but they again, like, oh well, we can't do that because that's that's the bad guy winning going over. But yeah, so so's Dolph. So this is all stupid. All of it's stupid. But the, your 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 favorite guy, work rate kids, Seth Rollins finally gets a main event and the Intercontinental title, the wrestler's title is in the main event and you're shitting all over it. That's smart. They'll definitely do they'll definitely put those guys in the main event again. I don't I, just, I don't even shoot Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a big flag to wave to WWE. Hey, put whatever the fuck you want on at the end. Don't don't bother giving people that chance. That's what I thought. Yeah. Wow. Jeff, there, I, Jeff, I don't think there was any way that they could have predicted this to happen though. There was I've I've had to reconsider some things just now. Um this has significantly cooled off Seth Rollins from yeah. being the hottest baby face in the company. I agree. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I can't crowd shame as much as you two guys. WWE has done this to themselves. There was no reason to make this an Iron Man match other than the fact that they wanted an Iron Man match on there. They 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 mm. pandered thinking that this was going to be a work rate crowd, and it's not. It's a WWE main roster crowd. That happens to like wrestling. That's a little bit ahead of the curve and a little bit smarky like like a WrestleMania crowd, but it's not it's not a 205 live slash NXT crowd per se. It, they didn't build a story to, to get to a to get to a um suitable conclusion where you'd need an Iron Man match. They had already had heel interference where they've had heel interference in almost every single other match. Mm. And and the other f- fact is, look, this is just conditioning. They've been doing this to audiences for years, and this is just the reaction. We've had the countdown clocks at Rumbles year after year after year. We've had Iron Man matches where everybody knows that things don't matter until the last five minutes. So I, I can't, 
I can't put as much hate on the crowd as you guys. I understand they were annoying, but at some point they stopped being annoying to me and started being funny because of what a massive misread it was from the company on this whole entire thing. Well, that that's fair, but I mean, WWE could have easily went the Strowman or not Strowman, the Roman Lashley way. And I thought this was an effort for them not to, but Considering the, it's so, it's amazing how creative WWE gets in making the wrong decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. There was, there, this is the thing about it is that the Iron Man match, if you, like, let's say the first 17 minutes of the 30 minutes, there's no fall. Yeah. And these guys are killing each other. The, the fans are not chanting, chanting for that thing. When, when the first falls and oops, and then you have Drew come in and beat him up and get kicked out. And you're like, okay, well, now we know what this is going to be. Then they kind of get they, they maybe then I don't fight I don't fault them for it but like you can build this match so it's better than the way you built it and maybe yeah, then sure. maybe then your crowd isn't shitting all over it. Let's wrap yeah, this yeah. shit up. It, it's weird if you have a flash pin in the first four minutes of an Iron Man match, you start thinking, well, how come the guys don't pin people that quick normally yeah, all the right, time? Exactly. exactly. Uh, on this show, I mean, there were so many matches that were eight minutes and stuff, and I'm okay with that. I, I love the pace of the show. Mm-hmm. Some of these matches don't have to be 15, 20 minutes long, 12 minutes long even. So Ziggler grabs a sleeper, holds it for a couple minutes. Suicide dive from Rollins, then a blockbuster. Ripcord knee gets a two count. Frog splash can't get it done. Superplex Falcon Arrow can't get it done. But La Magistral Cradle got it done 20 minutes before this. Uh, he, finally, a catapult into the turnbuckle does it, and it's tied up at four. Rollins applies a sharpshooter, then a crossface. Ziggler tries to run away, as you mentioned. Back in the ring, he gets a Feymaster, but Rollins gets a super kick and a curb stomp. Time is up. Kurt Angle restarts the match in sudden death in his hometown. Mm-hmm. McIntyre's back out, distracts Rollins, zigzag, and a win. I don't think that this match lived up to the hype that virtually anybody was expecting. Am I alone in that, Jeff? Or did, did you uh, think this one did? As soon as I saw there were five minutes left, I knew they were going to go to the tie trope. And I knew that they'd come out and go, we need five more minutes. And then the, the way that they ended it was just such a shit show. Or in terms of, I mean, it, it was, it was such a, it was fitting for this show, though, at the same yeah. time. It was kind of an F you to this audience that had been acting up. I feel bad for both Ziggler and Rollins. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I yeah. do. Because they put their ass out there and really wanted to steal this show. And I, I, tend, I tend to think the plotting did, did them no favors and they weren't able to. Right. Um, I, I wanted to say that, like, at the end, after the, after the whole thing was over and they ran out of time, Ziggler was just going to leave, and he was going to win. And that'd be fine. That's it. But no, let's restart it so that we have written that, oh, Ziggler wins after 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was completely meaningless. Why, why, why restart it to have it end that quickly and have the same guy who was just won win again? Whatever. And why not restart it after you see that, that Drew McIntyre's ruined right. the restart? If he's exactly. out there to make that kind of call, it makes no exactly. damn sense to do it this way. I will do one final note, a plea. Get the cruiserweights on these pay-per-views. Two weeks ago, nah, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy 
had a match, their DQ match, that would have been match of the night tonight by a wide margin. Sure. Sure, but they, if you if you put them on pay-per-view, you have to get them on Raw, too, or else it's going to be nothing. I think I really think they are best operating as their own entity and existing in that space. I mean, at least then they can create their own audience. I don't know. I, I, I understand... I understand Alex's argument, but Sean Ross Sapp is correct on this one. I look, if they're not on raw, they're meaningless. They come out there to farts in church and, and CM punk chants and beach balls again, much like the two Oh five live guys after like when, when, when Neville gets pissed at beach balls yeah. kind of thing, it would be the same thing and, to and me, I- to me right now, they are performing in front of a crowd who stays to watch them. Yeah. Those people that are there stay to watch them. I would like it to be either that at full sale, but then then is it like, oh, are they really main roster? What are they? Or I would like it to be before probably SmackDown or Raw yeah. in front of a hot crowd that wants to watch wrestling. Right. And I'm and I'm not talking about random ass 205 live matches. Sure. I'm talking about the shit they put together that stuns the wrestling world when they watch it. Like that Mustafa Ali Buddy Murphy match, I'm telling you, people who've seen it know what I'm talking about. That thing was a work of art. And it was it, there was there was more no DQ stuff in that match than there was through most of the matches tonight. I'm just saying their top stuff deserves a bigger audience. Put put unedited versions of your main events on on YouTube for a couple of weeks. See how those numbers do, guys. This is one of our most watched live YouTube broadcasts ever. I want to thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Subscribe, leave us a thumbs up. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. Fightful.com has breaking news across MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. Have a nice video up on our YouTube now. MMA, UFC fighters, rather, reacting to Brock Lesnar returning. We have post-Raw, post-Smackdown shows. Our flagship Listen Ya Boy show on Wednesday. That is a blast. Also, we have the Holy Smokes MMA podcast and several UFC Bellator post-show reviews. Uh, Also, we have our Fightful Select service if you want to support the site. And that way, we have a ton of additional content, early access to stuff. Just go over there, take a peek, see what we have to offer. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Jeff, update the people on what the hell you've been up to since you died. Well, since I died, I've continued to do Shake Them Ropes week after week. Although Rob's only contributing, I'm kind of carrying the show and editing and doing all that other stuff. And I've been uh, trying to get acclimated to this new job, which is its own challenge. But I like being back here for these types of things and talking to my friend Alex and my and my business partner. Clever, clever, clever. Alex. I'll be back here tomorrow to shit on whatever they do tomorrow, too. So. <laughs> and on Tuesday, probably, too. Let's and on Tuesdays as well. Hot dog. Guys, thank you all so much. <laughs> hey, guys, I just want to say this. Support Fightful. Support good journalism so they don't starve me. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.